Are you feeling like no one understands your struggles? That you're isolated and alone? Like no one has your back to support, encourage, or celebrate your wins with you? Well, let me personally invite you to join me in the Living Fearless Today Facebook group. Hey, we recently launched the group and are open to other men just like you who want to know their worth, value, and purpose to grow in confidence, find their worth, and appreciate their contributions. So if you simply search Living Fearless Today on Facebook, and uh, then just click to join us. I look forward to meeting you, seeing your growth, and the success you begin to experience in your life within this band of men. This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Hello and welcome back, my friend. Today, I have Mike Zeller. Man, I'm just pumped to introduce you to Mike. He has founded, co-founded 16 different companies, been an investor in four. He's got a book that's coming out here very shortly, The Genius Within. Man, if you hear him inside of Clubhouse when he's speaking in a room, he just brings a wealth of knowledge and brings it genuinely. That's honestly one thing that he's like, he's open and honest about where he's come from and uh, just is there for you. So it is my pleasure to bring Mike to you. Mike, how are you doing today, my friend? Mike, uh, I'm doing wonderful. Pleasure connecting. Thanks for having me on the show. Can't wait to dive in. I love connecting with good people. Uh, and that's pretty much all I have space for. So, hey, I connect, get to connect with another great person this evening. And with the same name, right? <laughs> yeah, even better. <laughs> well, hey, if we could start out, where is life for you today on like the personal side? What does that look like for you? Hmm. Personal side. So I feel like I'm in this early stages of building again. I'm in, it's going to be a fun ramp up next year, especially is going to be in, in a massive expansion season. But, you know, you go through those seasons of you, you get course corrections and then you get a reset. And those hard resets where maybe you shut down a business, you switch careers, you go through a broken relationship, whatever. Uh, those reset seasons are a divine gift. And I'm in, a, and, and they also, it's like pruning, pruning a vine makes the vine even more fruitful, right? So I went through one of those seasons and now the fruit, I'm in early stage of fruit bearing and some of the fruits, I just, my wife and I just had our first child, our little baby sonnet. She's two months old right now. And then I got my first book coming out uh, next month called The Genius Within. So actually, well, this month is the release day. So very excited. It's, it's a great season to be in, frankly. Yeah. And I was going to say, you do not like where some people may stop and pause for, hey, I have a baby. I can't do all this stuff. It seems like you look at it and go, how can I do this instead of I can't do that? Because you'll be walking around with baby sonnet like in a a sling. I don't know what the term is for it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's basically a male kangaroo pouch shirt is what I wear. 
There you go. That's a perfect descriptor. So is, and is that kind of intentional? Is that the way you're looking at things is just how do I get past? Not what's going to, you know, get in your way. Yeah. It's just not set in limitations. Like I, you know, in life we get what we tolerate. And so I'm, I'm, I, yes, we got to delete stuff from our lives sometimes and not just go so hard, but also I'm like, Hey, how can I accomplish? Like one year I started three businesses in, in three different industries, not the brightest move, by the way, but I did it. And it was partly to test my own limits and, and test what's possible. And, and I think there's so many times we are in an unresourceful state because of our stories of limitation. So I'm going to ask myself, how do I get this done and this done and be a great family man and love my wife and be present and take days off and take break? Like, I want to create. Now, I don't want to overburden my life. And I'm, I know there's beauty and simplicity. So I'm actually partly expanding my life, but also making my life more simple, too. So it's a delicate balance that I haven't fully uh, mastered. <laughs> well, I think that's part of it is being being open to seeing how to get there, right? Yeah. So as far as on the business side, what does life look like for you at this point? Man, so I've got two main masterminds or two of my core experiences. So one is for seven and eight figure e-commerce entrepreneurs that I do with my buddy, Colin Wayne. Another one is for uh, six figure thought leaders, six and seven figure thought leaders, authors, speakers, podcasters, et cetera, called Symposia. Uh, the other one's called Founders Mastery. And so just, I love, I mean, I wrote down 12 years ago on my first ever positive affirmations board that I mentor and lead some of the brightest and best people in the world. At the time, I was just investing in and selling real estate. I was like, hey, how I'm building this little real estate empire, investing in, you know, different things, but I'm not mentoring anyone. But I was like, I know I'm meant to do that. And then now I, I have one of my new clients, I want to do some VIP one-on-one stuff. She, she's the former CEO of a government organization with over 80,000 employees. And I'm helping her make that leap into the next chapter of her life as an executive coach. She's still an executive at, at this government organization, but she's ready to transition out in the next 90 days. So I love that sort of thing. I love, I get to interact with smart, good people all day long like yourself. And so I'm creating stuff like my books and journal and just created you know, an abundant you journal of how to rewrite your relationship with money in 33 days. I, I have you done wealth dynamics yet, by the way, Mike? The wealth I have dynamics not. We test? talked about it. I have not taken uh, it yet, but I think I'm on the supporter basis. Yes. Do it. Like actually my, my CEO that just signed up yesterday, she is a supporter. And she said, Mike, you gave me one of the biggest breakthroughs of my career already just by making me, having me take that test. So, so, so what, what came of that for her from that? Well, she, she got clarity on why she just like, she would say things. She said, one of our first conversations, she said, if you take care of the people, if you take care of your people, everything else will be taken care of. That's one of our favorite values and statements. Well, that's a very supporter personality. Supporters are actually phenomenal as executives, usually in people development side. And uh, so she, she went through that, that gave her clarity, it helped her see some of the gaps and why she's, she has fallen into and some of the traps, like the beauty of that test and all the personality tests, they all show you different facets, different parts of the puzzle. 
but that one in particular is my favorite for entrepreneurs because it it shows you your patterns of where you're going to sabotage your success. Me as a creator, I can I'm a creator on the wealth dynamics. I can overcreate, and I I literally have so many business ideas, so many things flowing, and I just have to sequence them so I don't overwhelm my team, overwhelm myself because I I see what what it takes to start something out and see what it takes to actually finish something. And so I can get myself in trouble that way. And I have, you know, I've lost a lot of money from stupid mistakes with that. But anyway, so she had some massive breakthroughs about just where she needs to go and what she needs to shift and why she's flourished in her role at times and why it's been so meaningful for her, but also what she wants more of in the next round. Gotcha. And so was did you start up the three businesses in the one year before or after you took Wealth Dynamics and realized? Oh, uh, that was before. Yeah. Do yeah. you think that would have changed things for you? I think it would have managed risk better. You know, some and I was young and just everything was up and to the right. And so I had when you have momentum, mm-hmm. when you have momentum, you think you think you're better than you are. When you when you don't have momentum, you think you're worse than you are. And so I had momentum. I was like, I, I can pull a rabbit out of my hat at any point. I can solve any problem, any challenge. But then a couple critical things happen and boom, now I have some problems I couldn't solve immediately that had domino effects and other things. So, yeah. Gotcha. So can we transition from where you are now to mm-hmm. like where I want to say you were 19 and in Nashville? Mm-hmm. So some people may be like, oh my gosh, dude, he's got all this stuff, silver spoon, lucky, you know, luck's just been on his side all the way through. You know, <laughs> that's like the normal kind of he's gotten a break and woe is me like mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's easy to have a perception when you're on the outside and you want to, you know, like be in a limiting place and support that position. Mm-hmm. But that's not been the case for you. Can you take us back to where, when you were at 19, like what yeah. it looked like then? Yeah. And when I was 19, I was in Lexington, Kentucky in college. You know, my dad was an immigrant from Germany with an eighth grade education post-World War II. My mom grew up on a farm in Kentucky. You know, she was the one of the first family members to get her master's degree. You know, very middle-class America. You know, we, we did well for ourselves, but it was definitely middle-class. And, you know, I had this hunger, though, I remember is, you know, Tony Robbins says hunger is a prerequisite of all skill and, and uh, or all growth. And I remember being working at Deshaies restaurant, and it's a nice fine dining restaurant. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to own a restaurant someday that or I want to be a GM. I was like, I'm going to make it when I make six figures and, and GM of a restaurant. And I'm going to have a BMW. That was my my other goal. <laughs> Is and so I had that entrepreneurial drive and hunger. Just wanted to take take things on on my own. I'm a high DI on the disc profile. So when I start, I think life gives us clues. The question is, are we paying attention to them? If I go back to that time period. I took the Myers Briggs. I was fascinated with how accurate it was. I'm an INTP. Four or five years later, I take the disc profile. Also, some other very accurate things, but showed me other elements of who I am. Then did Strengths Finder, and that unveiled another layer of of reality. So I was like, you know what? There's some clues here. 
and I uh, wanted to be a pro baseball player. Was at 19, I wanted to be a pro baseball player. I was, but then I got a Nazi for a coach our freshman year, and uh, half the team quit. Our starting pitcher was also our our best catcher. So like we just, it was brutal. It was a ridiculous season. Broke my nose right before the season started. That was a setback. You know, my nickname at the time was Beefcake, and then I lost like 20 pounds of muscle. I was shredded. I was chiseled. Like I'd worked, I hadn't eaten fried foods for a year, you know, no desserts, fried foods, you know, no Coke, whatever, no French fries. And, and then I broke my nose at a fraternity event. And that essentially ended my baseball career because I lost 20 pounds of muscles right before the season started. And I came back maybe a month later, but you know, I, I wasn't nearly as strong as I was and and I was it was midway into the season college seasons are not that long and and then I was like you know what it's time to do something else with my life and and that's part of the time I found God in a different way like really got serious about my spiritual journey but then also it, it led me into the study of leadership led me into entrepreneurial things because I had I'd never had a real spring break. I never explored other things other than baseball. And so now, you know, I sometimes still wonder what it would have been like to play pro baseball, but I'm grateful for all the adventures and experiences I've had in my life. At some point, just buy a baseball team and go yeah, out there exactly. Play, I right? want to Exactly. That's going to happen. <laughs> I have no doubt about that. I'm like the track you're on. I'll see that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> So from, from working at the restaurant and then looking into leadership and, and self-improvement, where did you go from there? Uh, Okay. So here's a cool thing. All right. So when we look, you know, Steve Jobs famously said, we can, we can't connect the dots looking forward, but we can connect the dots looking backward. So now, you know, I'm in this motivational space and a mentor entrepreneurs and high performers from around the world now. And I love it. It's it's what I was meant on earth to do, right? Well, if I go back to age 19, my mom bought me a seminar for Peter Lowe, a one-day seminar for Peter Lowe's success seminar, if you remember those back in the day. Yeah. And then at age 20, in the middle of finals week, I just started a new job. I left the restaurant to sell Nextel cell phones. They were coming to our area, the first digital cell phones for, for Lexington, Kentucky. And they bought me a ticket to Brian Tracy, a one-day Brian Tracy event. I, like, I went to it in middle of finals week. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to study today. I'm going go to go to this conference. And I learned more from that one-day event than I ever learned you know, in that whole semester in college. And I was like, same thing back to that one-day Peter Lowe success seminar. And now looking back, I'm like, ah, no wonder I love this stuff. It's, I was meant, I lit up, you know, you look at those, look at your life and there's going to be, I I think there's four quadrants. One of them is those defining life moments. You know, you, you find those defining life moments where you're lit up, something is sparked in you and you feel alive or you feel dead. When you feel dead around certain people or certain experiences, then that's also a clue. But I felt alive at these, these events and, and I was, I went to a leadership seminar. I literally bought all the leadership tapes I could afford. I bought 70 leadership talks as a 20, my third seminar was a leading and communicating change lives. I literally bought every single tape deck of John Maxwell and Bill Hybels and all these guys, Colin Powell, whatever, everything that I could buy. And then for Christmas, I, 
asked my parents to buy me more leadership talks. <laughs> so that's what I got for Christmas is a bunch of leadership talks as a 20 year old. So where were you making time to listen to all that, you know, with, with class and work and everything like that? I mean, most 19, 20 year olds are, are not, you know, making time for that. How did you, yeah. how did you prioritize that? Driving when I was driving in the car, sit in my dorm room sometimes and listen, like I, I was so disciplined at the time I bought one of my sets that I bought was Brian Tracy's how to manage time audio set. And I was like, so inspired by it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be so disciplined with my time. And I would schedule one hour of fun a day is what I allowed myself to have as a college student. Now, Saturdays, I would have more fun. But during the week, it was one hour of fun. It was all I was allowed to have. And then I would like read at one, like I would get up, I would sleep six hours and read at 1 a.m. If I was going to bed at 1.30, I'm reading for 30 minutes before I go to sleep. You know, I just made sure I was I was going to learn. And I read a book a week pretty much while I was in college, my junior and senior year, because I learned at the Brian Tracy event, said, if you read one book a month in your chosen field, you'll be an expert in three years. Well, I was like, screw that. I'm not waiting three years. That's too long. I'm going to be an expert this year. So you read one a week and and fast-tracked it. Yeah. And then I bought the Breakthrough, Breakthrough Rapid Reading book, which helped me speed read as well. So I'm like, there, there's always hacks to improve mm-hmm. stuff and get faster and get better and get smarter and think more creatively. The, the challenge is, is we accept limitations and we accept what life has, been, has given us instead of going out and creating. So how, how are you looking like at your life and the statements that you make and going, yeah, that's not a truth. That's a limitation that I've placed. How are you discerning between that? You know, sometimes it's subconscious, but I constantly am filling my mind with stories of, of other people that I admire. Like I'm reading right now, Joni Ives' biography, just finished Edison's. And Ali's actually read Muhammad Ali as well. So you you've when your mind is saturated with stories of possibility and st- stories of those that defy the odds. One of my a, a guy I recently connected with, Richard Coe, wrote the book Unreasonable Success and 80-20 Principle. And Unreasonable Success really hit 27 characters and throughout history, like Nelson Mandela, Otto Van Bismarck, Madonna, Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs, all the what are the characteristics that these people that should not have made it, that should not have had the impact that they had. Well, one of them, he found that there's nine characteristics. And one of them is that they have Olympian-sized expectations. They have this, this actually just, they believe that they can do something that is far beyond. Here, here's the nine things he talks about. One, they have this deep self-belief. Two, they have Olympian expectations like that. They see, ah, I'm going to build Amazon. You know, Jeff Bezos says, I'm going to build this, uh, the like everything store for online. Right. Then they have transforming experiences, things that go wrong or things that go really right. Sometimes like Steve Jobs gets kicked out of Apple. That's the thing that goes really wrong, but it transforms them and catapults them. I lose a million dollars in 2018. That's a transforming experience but I have to put myself in 
in, in the path of having one of those transforming experiences, then they have a breakthrough achievement, something that they become known for. Einstein discovers theory of relativity. You know, Edison has all his patents and discoveries and all that. They, the, the next thing is they make their own trail. Next thing, they find and drive their own personal vehicle, and then they thrive on setbacks while last and next to last, they acquire a unique intuition that just guides them and then also helps them distort reality, which you know Steve Jobs was famous for. So those are the hallmarks of if I'm going to do something extraordinary with my life, then and I shouldn't. If some people are like, oh, you're like, all right, LeBron James looks like he's just an athlete. He's hard to stop. And now he works his butt off. Yes. But, you know, he, he he's just got far superior physical gifts for what he does, right? Shaq or whatever, right? So those are those are some of the things that if you're a normal person, how do you ex- achieve the extraordinary? That's Richard Coe breaks it down. Hi, Coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Living Fearless Today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, Head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. That makes sense. So you'd mentioned in there about a pivotal time for you, like where you went, you know, just through the transformation you talked about back in 2018, where, where you lost a million, like when that occurred, how did you, how did you like step up? and not check out. Hmm. I had to have a why, you know, when you, uh, Victor Frankl talks about how if you have any, if a man has a strong enough why he can survive almost anyhow or whatever. And my wife was there. Like, I remember we had just gotten married in Florence, Italy. We, we had rented out our, we were supposed to be in Europe for five weeks. We'd rented out our home in Nashville. And one of our goals is to live in one of the 50 most beautiful cities in the world every year for a month. So we're over there, but we're basically out of money, frankly, because my cash cow business had disintegrated two months before our wedding. I had two other businesses that weren't profitable at the time. And it was, it was super tight. And she, but I did have one thing that was working really well. It was coaching. People were loving it. And, and Agency side, I was not a good agency owner. I sucked at that in many regards, and I lost a few key team members along the way. But the the coaching side, and she's like, babe, what we're is a Sunday morning. I remember we're arguing. We're stressed because we, you know, didn't have much money in the bank account, had a lot of expenses. She's like, babe, what is it people most want from you? What is it that you really pay the money for? What is it people are loving? Because I felt like a failure. And as a type three on the Enneagram, I'm a high achiever. I want to kick ass at everything I do. And now like I'm just disintegrating. And I just had this beautiful wedding that now I feel like, oh, I, I'm overwhelmed with problems. She's like, it's it's your coaching, it's your mentoring. So I was like, I kind of stormed out of the out of the hotel and went to this plaza or piazza 
in uh, Florence. And I sat in this fancy little cafe, one of my favorite little cafes in Florence. And I just journaled for like three hours and wrote out like, hey, how am I going to redo it? How am I going to rebuild my life? How am I going to redo this? How am I going to make this my number one thing? And and came back with a lot more clarity, purpose, action. And I was like, you know what? I can't let the people down that trusted me, that believed in me enough to say yes. So I was like, I got to solve these problems one by one. And I felt like, you know, I, I knew the stories of Steve Jobs. I knew the stories of all these John Rockefeller and the crises that they faced. And I was like, that's part of what pulled me through. I had close friends that have been through similar things. You know, you've been in the entrepreneur game for a while, you know, hey, people go through it. So it's those stories that help pull me through those dark moments too. And and my wife giving me a reason to get up every day. Well, I was going to say, it was also during that time, if I recall, that your wife was also going through some health issues mm. that, um, I mean, you, you had a lot of reasons to sideline, but you just, you stepped up and just almost doubled down. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you, you weren't just focused on the business, but I'm assuming you, you were focused on your wife as well. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. She, she, especially about six months later is when the, when she had a, a trigger event where something she ate, something we could tell something was really off in her health. And, and then at one point the fall, this is, so that was in June of 2018 and in, in February of 2019, she could only eat cabbage and, and sauerkraut and and broccoli. She she had some I forgot what it's called, but like this, it's considered incurable. And we went and got tested by all these gut specialists, gastroenterologists, or whatever. And they said, hey, and they gave us a bag of pills. Said, hey, you can't drink red wine, eat tomato sauce, or have sweets for the rest of your life. Is basically what they told her, and handed her a bag of pills. And we just were like, we just spent a thousand bucks for that. No hope. And then we go home that night, and she's just googling and youtubing, and finds this hippy dippy YouTube chick that talks about the same thing that she had. And uh, turns out, you know, she she's had to revamp her diet for a while and kill off this bacteria that was in her gut. But it, she was like weeks and weeks better and had no energy, couldn't eat hardly anything. And it was, it was a scary season. And in, in the middle of it, I'm rebuilding and handling all these debts and things like that, that I got to take care of that were, it was pretty brutal. Yeah. And I mean, it's already a lot that was on you, on your shoulders from trying to do just the business side. And with all mm-hmm. of that, it's, it's just super encouraging that it's like you, you persevered, doubled down and focused, not just on the business, but you kept, you know, your wife, your family in perspective in that mm-hmm. as well. Now, when, when you had gone through the financial aspect, did you kind of reinvest in yourself again, as far as like how, when you were 19 and 20, you just were pouring money into leadership and all the learning there. Did you do something similar again in that, in that time of transition? You know, I didn't have as much free cash flow during that season to do it, but I was still investing myself, always buying books and courses and masterminds when it's appropriate or aligned. You know, I've invested over half a million dollars in myself post grad school and most of it in the last decade. I did 200K. I spent over $200,000 with Tony Robbins during the season with doing his platinum partnership program, which was a fabulous experience. And man, the investment side, yeah, I'm a huge believer in that. And that even when it's tough, you got to find, 
ways to invest whatever you can to keep yourself, you know, there's, there's something that is priceless and something that you need at every single step and and along the journey, if you're really going for it, which is a resourceful mind, a resourceful spirit, hope. I heard someone say recently that, you know, you'll never find a billionaire who is not an optimist. Like you got to be so optimistic. Like I had to be so optimistic in that season, right? When you're going through that rough, brutal stretch, like I had to be optimistic. And then that, that vision carries you through those dark moments. Like in the optimism also gives you ability to almost third party step back away from the crisis or the problem or the trial that you're in. When I read Edison's biography, one of the cool things is the Edmund Morris version, but he, he his building, his massive main electrical warehouse, his factory was on fire. And it was back in that day and age before they had all the fire stops and stuff like that. So it's going to burn down. And he wakes up and his kids and he says, kids, come on out. Let's go. Let's, you're never going to see a fire like this again. <laughs> so his business is literally burning down to the ground. And he's like, hey, come, come look, come look. Now, of course, he's sad, but he's also like, you know what? He had enough resilience. Edison was always on the verge of something going wrong in his business. But he had a resilience and confidence and optimism that propelled him forward in the midst of any trial. And he sat back in that resourcefulness, helped him solve so many great problems. It's huge. Hey, can we, so you've got the upcoming book, Genius Within. Can you share share some of that with us? Yeah. So it was, it was partly born out of that season because, you know, at one point I was very actively leading six or seven businesses that I had, had 55 employees and we're doing like 30 million a year in revenue. And I was like, Hey, you know, I built up a lot of things that were good. Now I had partners as well. I love having good partners, but during that season, I realized, Hey, you know what? I've got all these things happening, but I'm also playing out of position. And when, when I look at the mistakes that I made, I was really gifted at starting things, but not so good at finishing things. And when I did all the personality tests, so there's four quadrants, unique talents. I'm great at starting things. I'm great at going deep in relationships. I'm great at conceptualizing a business or or plan. Not great at operations, not great at the detailed work, not great at finishing things, horrible at project management, those type things. But I can galvanize and create momentum fast. So those are things that came out. So I take people through five personality tests. And that then second thing is key relationships. Where do you have a natural hotbed of relationships? Well, when I did that, I was like, ah, oh, I got all these e-commerce entrepreneurs. I've got the, all these thought leaders and podcasters like yourself, you know, they're just amazing people that I love being around. And then, so those are some clues. Third area, the defining life moments. What are those life moments where you felt alive? You felt life versus death. Fourth area, your values and passions. They're like the final gateway of, hey, what do you stand for? What do you stand against? What are your natural passions? The overlap of all four areas is where your zone of genius is. And if I look throughout history, people that accomplish extraordinary things, they consistently put themselves in extraordinarily right positions and extraordinarily right opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, how can I, can I help? As I've been working with all these high achievers from the last last seven or eight years, 
one of the things they constantly ask, especially in seasons of transition, maybe they're leaving this business, shutting down this business, stepping out of this company, whatever. They're looking, they're, they're looking at, they're asking that question, what on earth am I good at? What on earth can I get paid well for? They will actually, can I actually do my passions and get paid well? Well, I think the answer is yes, but there, you got to do that deep work to figure it out. And I think I've created, I can confidently say, I haven't seen anyone who has created a more complete process for giving you all the clues about who on earth you are, what on earth you're meant to do. That is better than mine. Like it's, it's the best. Now you'll do hours of personality tests and you'll do hours of reflective time as you go through the guided exercises, whether in the book or the course, but then you'll have more clarity than you've ever had in your life about who on earth you are and what on earth you're meant to do. And that's why I created the process. I feel like I'm solving that problem and hands down, like I have, I've, I'll share a little story. Kristen, one of my clients, Kristen Boss. So I worked with her in 2019 and 2020. She comes to me. She's the breadwinner of her family. She's a hairstylist. but She knows she's meant to do something more. She's had this passion for 14 years to do something more, but she doesn't know how to step into it. She joins one of my programs, uh, barely could afford it. Like she made me make her all these promises and guarantees <laughs> that I normally don't do. I was like, but I believed in her. I was like, hey, I was like, Kristen, I promise you, you'll more than get your money back and you'll get the results you want as long as you're willing to do the work. She said, Mike, I'm in. I have to do this. I have to figure it out. A few months, uh, 45 days later, she has her first $28,000 month as a coach while working full-time in the hair salon. Next two months, another 25, 25. Uh, a few months later, she's doing you know very well. Ends up over seven figures for her first, really first 10 months. Because she stepped into her deepest area of genius. And she loves what she's doing. She's powerful. She's brilliant at what she does. And, uh, and then I, I can think of another dozen or a couple dozen cases just like that. Of people making that transition, making that leap. And, and it, you know, Socrates said to know thyself is the beginning of all wisdom. So that's why I think it's one of the most fundamental things we do as leaders and creators. And it saves us a lot of time and money. Trust me, I've, I've lost a lot of money playing out of position. So it, it saves us a lot of pain, too, because yeah. it's like oh. you'll learn the lesson. It just uh, may, may be down the road and <laughs> yeah. be a lot more severe. Yeah. Well, Mike, I could continue going on forever asking you questions and just tapping into the knowledge that you have and, and are so open to sharing. Um, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah. If, you, if you're listening and thanks for asking Mike and great connecting. If you want a six step guide to finding your genius, you can text genius you with a letter U genius you to four, seven, four, seven, four, seven, and then you'll get the link to my uh, six-step guide to find your genius. Also, you can end up pre-ordering or ordering my book as well, Genius Within, but that's not on that page there. We'll have the Genius Within link in the show notes, I would imagine. So you guys can grab that. It's geniuswithin.com. Let me pull that up. I got to double check. And then also mikezeller.com, the Mike Zeller on Instagram. And uh, what else? LinkedIn, Facebook, Michael Zeller. And I love, love the game of business. I love supporting, but I especially love supporting those that are doing the game of the business because it is the hardest 
most challenging thing in the world. And, you know, as a, when I played sports, like you have to wear, you have to be good at a few things to be a business, business owner, a successful entrepreneur at the beginning, like, man, you got to wear like 17 hats and you're not going to wear them all good, but you got to wear quite a few. But the book link again is uh, geniuswithinbook.com and uh, would love to support you guys however I can. Perfect. Mike, thank you again for joining me, sharing all that you have, your journey, your wisdom. Really appreciate it, my friend. Uh, thanks for having me on, Mike. My pleasure. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to. It helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode. And remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.